How would you describe what Telecasters does? Um, MSU Telecasters is the premier television organization here at Michigan State University. Through the College of Communication Arts and Sciences, uh, we produce three different television shows, um, a sketch comedy show called Sideshow, a sitcom um, called The Show, and kind of a news magazine um, show connecting MSU students with campus life called MSU and U. All the shows are completely student-produced. Students have complete autonomy over the shows, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Now, is it all, let's say, um, like telecommunications majors, or is everyone like in the communication college? Not at all. I'm actually a James Madison junior, so I have no jurisdiction over that college at all. But there are a lot. You'll find some people, a lot of majors at telecom, communications, um, web design. I think the great thing about Telecasters is it provides like so many different opportunities. Like there are a lot of opportunities for telecom students, like especially in like video production and editing and and um, directing and you know of course things like that. But also there's writing. We do web. We have PR. We have advertising. So um, it's just there's a lot of um, experience there. So. Okay, and you guys are going to be featured on Thanksgiving Day on the Big Ten Network. Do you guys <laughs> want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, recently, we actually had a 20th anniversary um, piece for uh, one of our shows. Um, we had like a big event, and uh, our representative for the Big Ten Network here at MSU filmed um, like a news piece on it, and it's going to air on Thanksgiving Day at 10 a.m. Um, on the Big Ten Network. So you can switch back and forth between the parade and <laughs> us. And then um, for those who don't see it, it'll be December 3rd at 10 a.m. So. I mean, I think you should probably watch the Big Ten Network. You you could watch it if you want to. I don't think you should watch the parade at all. I'm actually encouraging you not to watch the parade. I'm not watching the parade. Like the parade's the same thing every year. Not yeah. a big deal. And this is different, so don't watch the parade. Okay, <laughs> so how about we, you guys explain what each different show you guys have is about. Like, explain a little bit. So you have the show, you have um, Sideshow, and you have MSU and U. So explain, if, if you guys want to, each one of those. Well, I am on uh, the show MSU and U, and our kind of slogan is connecting students with college life. So we have segments on the show like a groupie report where we feature a student group or organization. We have an entertainment report uh, when, you know, usually if like a certain act comes in or something, a hot spot where we feature, you know, a cool place on in East Lansing or on campus that students can go to. We just try to make it fun and interesting on connecting it with uh, East Lansing and the students and the outward community. And it's kind of, I don't know, it. I, I guess it's kind of more like a news magazine, um, but if you watch it, you can learn a lot about, you know, different groups and organizations, but also cool things to do around East Lansing. And it's really, really, it's really, really fun to produce, and it's really, really fun to watch. And didn't MSU and you get um, a Michigan Emmy Award for the second episode featuring Jay Leno? Yeah, uh, that was really interesting. That was a year before me, um, before I started, but that's like one of the reasons why I wanted to join is because I was like, wow, this is really cool. And that's kind of what we strive to do is, you know, this year us, like MSU New and all the shows, we're going to try to, um, we're submitting our stuff to the Emmys uh, to see, you know, if there's, if we could possibly win. So we are looking to do that again. But that that's a really great honor that we've done that. And we kind of go off that now that we've already had, you know, we've already received an Emmy in our past. So Right. And how long has um, MSU and you been around for? Uh, this is the... Uh, fourth se- the fourth season. This is my third year on it, so I get confused sometimes. But this is the fourth year, and it was created 
by Brian Murray, and he actually was just in town this week, so I just met him, and he's a really cool guy. He developed it his senior year, and we've kept it pretty much the way it was, and he's still pleased, so we're excited to keep it going. Oh, cool. Now, how about Slideshow? Uh, well, Slideshow is a uh, sketch comedy television show, uh, much like SNL or Mad TV. Uh, except for we're not live. We tape it and edit it. Um, <laughs> but so there's, same thing, basically. Yeah, same, uh, same premise for the show. Uh, we do lots of sketches. They can be different, or they're all different themes. It's just whatever our writers come up with that is funny. And uh, we do a lot of parodies of other things. We just did a parody of the Saw movie, um, making fun of that. So there's usually five to eight sketches in each episode. And it's um, sometimes we do a little bit of improv um, on the fly, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. yeah. We have improv. We also have a lot of original comedy, too, because we have a yeah. team of writers that help us out. So we get some... Kind of some funny stuff that you wouldn't expect because you've never seen it before. So okay, <laughs> we do like to push the envelope like to push on censorship the envelope. a little bit. So uh, being a college station, we feel like we kind of have to. So. Yeah, I was watching a little clip before um, the oh, show no. tonight, oh, and all I saw was there's these two guys in the urinal, and they're oh. just kind of like talking. Yeah, toilet humor episode. Toilet humor, so. yes. And then another guy comes in and he just drops his pants, you know, yeah. and and then all of a sudden the intro was just like people just like making random noise, like bit 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 yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? This is the weirdest intro I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, to pull you in with the weirdness, we think you'll, you'll change your channel. If you see how weird it is, you'll just have to just keep tuning in. It'll just be so weird. And where can people watch these? Uh, on the RHA channel, uh, Tuesdays at 3 o'clock, or uh, telecasters.msu.edu. Um, for now, our Sideshow website went down, so we're working on fixing that. But, but check uh, it in a few weeks, maybe. But yeah, check that in a few weeks and it'll be up. <laughs> um, also, you asked about programs. Um, the third show that we produce is called The Show. It's the MSU sitcom. Um, it's been running for 20 years. Uh, it kind of like revolves around students that live in Wilson Hall. And uh, they actually, <laughs> yeah. they tape live. Um, and they, they always tape in front of a live studio audience, so... I was going to ask about that because yeah. I saw a little bit of that and I hear the little laughing in the background. I was like, is that's that a laugh, good. Track? Yeah, a laugh track? Good, <laughs> good. I hate laugh tracks. <laughs> um, and just to, to go over our schedule, the show airs on Sundays, 4 to 5 p.m. Um, on Channel 11. Um, Sideshow is 3 to 4, like Nick said, and then MSU on Tuesdays. And then MSU and U is on Wednesdays from 4 to 5. On, um, it's all on RHA, like they said, Channel 11. Okay. So. And how much time does it take to put these shows together? <laughs> Too much time. A lot of time. I mean, uh... <laughs> do you guys have to put the sets together? You have to write the scripts, and then you have to film yeah. everything? They let us do everything. It Crazy. starts with uh, the writers have, at least for Sideshow, our writers have meetings every week on Tuesday nights. They're actually meeting right now. Um, and they write scripts and bring them together and edit them and everything. And then um, from there, we decide as a show which sketches we want to do and then from there we have to pick locations set up locations find props do whatever we need and we film every friday and sunday throughout the whole year um and we produce two episodes a semester so it's basically every week we're working on something then on top of that we have a team of editors that is constantly editing sketches around the clock we have a music guy who does all our music um so it's a quite a effort that goes yeah, into it's kind it. of a constant effort it's a year-long thing yeah okay how about for msu and you 
Um, it's the same. We produce uh, two shows a semester, and it's just uh, we're kind of different because we can't we like we deal with other groups and with you know people in the outside communities. So we you know have to deal a lot with that. But so we always bring a crew out with the cameras and the lighting and the boom mic and everything, and then we have to go back and edit it and put it all together. And we do an in studio shoot as well. So it's just all those things that goes on all semester. There's always something going on. Okay. And the show? How long does um, that take? The show, I know, they put a lot of work into it. Um, the cast and crew, they practice, like, every Tuesday night, um, especially because they practice in front of a live audience. So they, they can't cut, or if they do, um, it's not something that they like to do, you know, since it's in front of a live studio audience. Right. So it's almost like putting on, like, a mini play a couple times a semester. So they meet and they rehearse and they, you know, practice it and do a lot of live runs. And then they also have scenes that um, the show tapes um, that that air as Rollins during like if they if they want a scene to happen in like let's say like the cafeteria or somewhere else on campus they go there and they tape it and then it airs during during the live taping okay. so um, definitely a lot of work goes into that they have a script that they have to write and um, so yeah so you said the show is kind of based in like, the Wilson community is that where they tape it. Um, it's it's taped in the, <laughs> loosely based on Wilson. It's okay. it's actually taped in um, our DMAT studios. Um, there's a set that looks like a dorm room that they set up and um, loosely based on dorm room. <laughs> <Right>. Okay, <laughs> it's a little bigger actually. Yeah. A little more room. I actually I remember like the first time I saw the set, I was just kind of like. I wish my room was was. I wish I lived size. in a dorm room like this. <laughs> yeah. Can I just live and on the set? And we found Ryan like, sleeping there the next day. Right. It was weird. Yeah. They but had to I, kick me out. It was bad. I can say that Wilson Hall wasn't just chosen by chance, wasn't it? The creators of the show back lived in the there. 80s lived in yes. Wilson. I think they actually filmed in their dorm room for a moment. Maybe. I might be making it up. But that's where they were from. So that's why it's Wilson. It's not just like they randomly chose Wilson. And interestingly enough, apparently the whole show is kind of based on this really like wacky roommate. roommate that they had, and they started like writing ideas about it, and it just kind of became a whole show. Uh-huh. Sure. That roommate would love to hear that. Today. <laughs> oh yeah, here's a twenty year old sitcom based on you. State. <laughs> <laughs> no, one of my friends last year like did the like comedian competition or something on campus, and it was all based on his roommate. I'm like, oh, I you know what? Drawing from real life, we do that all the time yeah. on that show. So yeah. if you have seen those odd original comedy sketches, you never know where they're coming from. It might be real life. Yeah, our writers are really creative. I mean, they can be just, like, eating some food and see someone do something weird in the cafeteria. I don't know why I keep bringing up cafeterias, but... And then they'll be like, oh, that looks really funny. Let's write a sketch about it. Like, so then the actors get to do it. <laughs> and it turns out well. Sketches about cafeterias. <laughs> I remember watching... I was, like, in... I don't know, high school or middle school or something like that. And I turned on the TV, and um, it was on some local Lansing channel. And it was a bunch of college students. This was, like, a long time ago. And it, it was... A bunch of college students, it was basically like a soap opera, and they would go to like all these houses, and like, oh, I'm so mad at you, because you went to this party. It was like a soap opera, and I know it's not any of the shows that are currently running now. Do you guys know what show that yes. would be? Isn't that Six is Wild? It could be yeah. Apartment yeah. 6 or Six is Wild. Six, six is, is Wild that turned into, uh, or was brought back as a part, or App 6, I guess, which App stands six. for Apartment Like, when six. was it? Because... Been, this is yeah. back in like the nineties. I remember seeing parts of that. Yeah, no, it was We're definitely telecaster six historians. Well. So yes, <laughs> it was ask us anything. We'll was that part of the telecasters then? Yes. Yeah. It, okay. It was before our time. It only yeah. ran for about 
four years and then I think a year yeah, when I they feel brought like it that back. was the 90s. I, I remember like the so. intro the was 90s. them going, you know, um, that really big um, parking structure that looks like a hamster cage. Yeah. And then it connects to, I think, the Marriott. Yeah. And there's like that, that um, kind of like bridge on the inside. I remember they had like a massive... Um, like workout ball, they would they would like you know that was like <laughs> a part of the intro that. if you guys remember. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah should, you heard this. I <laughs> <laughs> see that on sideshow. <laughs> right. um, that's hilarious. So, what are you wow. guys' favorite shows you've ever like favorite episodes that you guys have ever done? I feel oh. like it's the one that we always just produced. Yeah, it's always. I mean, looking back is always fun on the old ones, but since it's um, student shows, we always try and be better like than the last one and keep making it better. The writers try to make it funnier. The actors, you know, try and do whatever they can to make it better. Um, so I feel like whenever we get done with one, it's like, wow, that was really the best one we've done. And then the next one comes out. So, yeah. <laughs> but then looking back, ones, it's always though. fun to kind of watch them and say, oh wow, you know. Like, because people graduate, so it's fun to look back on the Kind of like that. memories on film. You're like, oh, I remember that day. Well, that exactly. Happened. And you're like, yeah, I remember all, you know, whenever I watch it, I can never watch it with my friends and just shut up because I always want to tell them the story. Like, oh, the that day this happened. Behind and, you the know. music. Right. Side show. No, I know I, Ryan has a favorite episode, though. I have, oh no, oh, I don't great. know. You opened up. Oh, I have like no. four favorite episodes, so don't what even What about go. the murder mystery one? That the was murder great. mystery that was one was really long. fun. Yeah, we did a, an hour special on yeah, like, And you can find that on our website too, but that was a special edition murder mystery. What happened out. in it? We can't tell you. I don't know. I really, do I really want it's a mystery. To look at it. Yeah, no, I'm actually in the episode our producer gets murdered, and the whole time the cast is trying to figure out who did it. So, dun, dun, dun. That's great. Can <laughs> oh, I could talk about MSU and you. Yeah. So, um, I think that our this past episode that we just completed was probably one of the best quality I've seen, and I, I really liked everything we did, but one of the really exciting things we've done since I've helped out was we actually got a sit-down interview with Will Ferrell in February when he oh, wow. came to the Breslin. So that was just really exciting, because obviously, you know, we've had Jay Leno on the show before, too, when he came, and so then to have Will Ferrell come, that was just really exciting for everybody to... You know, be able to say, well, we had Will Ferrell on our show, so that was a cool episode, too. Now, do you guys get to see how many people watch the shows? Do you have, like, anything that documents that so you guys have a general idea of what we, the... We don't. <laughs> well, well, like, random people will come up to me and be like, I think I saw you on this thing <laughs> that was playing on RHATV between a movie, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, you know. So that's um, a good register. People that come up well, to you Well, also, <laughs> we, we air on um, a network called Spartan TV... Um, it's actually like an online channel that um, Troy Hale from the College of Communication Arts and Sciences just like created, and that says like a number of how many people are watching. So I guess like Clicks. when we're when we're airing on the online channel, we can check. But the um, other thing is, I uh, we started sideshows on YouTube now, which uh, we just started doing, and so we break it out by sketches, so we can see how many sketches are viewed most and which ones people enjoy the most. So uh, I've actually been surprised by some of the numbers. I yeah. guess I would yeah, say, I but. I was actually just looking at that the other day. Yeah. And our, where, our Where's Waldo one right now, that's our most popular. Really? That's an old school that one, was fun. so check it out. How many want. hits did that get? Uh, I didn't, I don't know. Ten remember. million. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. I'll look it up we right now. We were on YouTube Live on Sunday. <laughs> we're so pop, we're super popular. They wanted us to come and, like, perform for them, but we said no. That was a fun day. We shot on Grand River, and we dressed up this guy as, like, Waldo, and Aww. he was, like running down the street and we had like camera people like running with them and the extras in it are like 
they look really shocked. But the and thing when is, Ryan says they really are shocked. He means real people on Grand River. Right, just watching <laughs> on Grand River. We had no idea what was going on. So I mean, it was perfect. Our reactions were, you know, so natural because they had so no natural. idea. So natural. I don't know how they did it. <laughs> right? It was a lot. It was a lot of fun. And then we had like three government men like chasing him, like you know, where's Waldo? Like we're trying to catch Waldo. And this Waldo. guy had no idea what was going on. Right. Well, the, the Waldo guy did. <laughs> okay. But, so um, if you see anybody running down Green River or running anywhere on campus with like a ridiculous us. costume yeah, on, we have probably done that side a few show. More times, so. Yeah, <laughs> we usually tell people what we're doing. So if you see anyone hyping up sideshow and running around in like a chicken suit, I would probably say that's safe bet to say where that's us. All right. So are there any like good behind the scenes stories that you guys have? I mean, I could write like a book about behind the scenes stories. So we, I'm not going to go into that. I've told the story about the police before. I think on here, which was <laughs> well, you can refresh the listeners. Um, basically, we were we were at a shoot and we were f- shooting something, making fun of the MSU parking police, and we did it in the in the actual MSU parking like the police lot that's across the street uh, from college. I thought that was a good idea. Right, we thought it would be funny. You know, there's police cars around there. So um, this guy comes out and and he's from the police station and he's just he kind was of a like, police officer. Right, actually. right. In well, uniform. In uniform. In uniform. And he's just kind of like, you know, what's going on? Um, you know, we'd really rather that you not be using this lot. And um, they're like, well, what's what's your guys' sketch about? And we're kind of like, uh, we're not really making fun of you. You know, we it's just like script. this little it. parody. So the guy's like, okay, fine, whatever. So he goes back in. And then he sends this other guy out who's like, what are you guys doing out here? Why are you here? And, um, you know, we, we we kind of answer, beat around the bush. And he gets on like his like walkie-talk. And he's like, we have a 652932962 down here. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're getting arrested. <laughs> So then, back to the comrades building now. Right. So then <laughs> this other guy just comes out, um, who I guess was his superior, and the officer was just like, oh, yeah, it's okay. Just try to be quick about it, and don't tell anyone we you know, let you. So. <laughs> I don't know. It was really kind of awkward and strange. And then we had another, um, we had an actor who was standing on the top of the, the parking oh. garage. Right. Which probably for isn't the smartest thing to for do, but it was for a sketch. It was actually a hero's parody. Which makes it okay. Which and is, I guess yeah. people driving <laughs> by saw him at the top, but they didn't see the camera crew, so they thought somebody was, you know, standing up there and maybe thinking about jumping off or something, so they called. Oh my so god! The police came again. The police came so, again. Oh. So, <laughs> it's always Sideshow getting in trouble. Yeah. It's really okay. exciting. <laughs> to live life on the edge. That's exciting. Well, the show, that's been around for 20 years, and mm-hmm. it, um, from my understanding, it's the longest-running college sitcom. That is true. That's correct. And how has that evolved over the years? You know what? Um... It's really interesting because when when I watch like the older footage, um, it almost kind of had like maybe even a little bit more of a Saturday Night Live vibe. Um, uh, they had like a live band and they'd have sketches. So I mean, it was it was a sitcom with a storyline, but I think it was more broken up. And I think now it's kind of evolved into it's a true sitcom and they have a storyline and they have reoccurring characters every every episode. You know, and it kind of it's said that this show kind of revolves around a room. And it's true, because if you think about it, it's this one room that has seen different generations of, of, of students. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you kind of think about it, if you could capture, if you could put a camera in a dorm room and just film over 20 years, I guess that's kind of what this show is supposed to be about. Right. So, oh, cool. I think that's kind the of walls have changed colors, yeah. though. The walls posters. have changed <laughs> colors and different, different posters. posters. That's the big evolution, I guess. Yes. <laughs> and the bed's changed a few times. Yeah. A few times. The I door's the same, though. The door is actually, is that a real dorm door? Yeah, yeah it is. they I don't spent know where their they whole got budget it. on it one year. Oh yeah, like they sixty dollars. <laughs> yeah, they bought it. It's great. It adds to the feel. Now, 
so this is so much about, you know, being on TV and all this stuff. Have any telecasters made it big out there? Yeah. Well, yeah. yes, actually. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in our in our reunion event, we had a bunch of people come back. Um, Greg Harrison and Scott Grayson, who created um, the show, they're really successful. They're actually producers out in Hollywood. Um, Aaron Blayart, who was on the show not too long ago, I think. Yes, early 2000s. In the 90s. He graduated yeah, 90s. 98 or 99. He actually oh, writes God. the Late Night Insider, which is the web blog for Conan O'Brien. Um, he's we, a research. He does research for. He's, yeah, he does yeah. some of the content. He he isn't a writer, but does some of the content. Right. And he was really involved during the, the writer's well. strike. He um, helped out with a lot of sketches they did. So, we have an actor named Jeff Witzke who's getting a lot of work. He actually just did a voice um, on South Park. He's had. He's been on like he's, uh, Will and Grace. He's if you see the Clorox commercial right now where they jump out of a van. He's the guy with the spiky hair. He was also so. in Thank You for Smoking. He was yeah. one of the kidnappers. And he was okay. in Juno. Wow, we, we know his whole life. <laughs> yeah. We just met these people this fall. So. They were great. Yeah, they all came back for the reunion. So it was very exciting for us. And when was this reunion? How many people came? A lot. There were 50, like, That's alumni. True. <laughs> 50 alumni and like 50 students so it was like 100 people yeah and that's the cool thing about it because it was a reunion for them but it was kind of a little networking thing for us and um a way to for us to meet all these people we'd heard about so and what are your guys' hopes for after graduation oh man (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea (laughs) well i could say um just like as far as msu and you goes our creator brian murray is now a senior cinematographer at nfl films and so that was really good to meet him the other day and a lot because we have more of a journalistic component a lot of people go on to try to get into television news um i can't tell you exactly where some people are but i know that there are people out there um but Like, for me, I guess, I'm just really, I'm really interested in journalism. I'm a journalism major, so I'd either like to get into broadcast journalism or possibly television production. Those are, I just think that after being involved in telecasters, I've really learned what I really enjoy about the field, and so I'm starting to be able to pick and choose what I really like, which is great. I'm looking at either, like, sports production or something with NBC. I would like to go into comedy, um... I'm in love with like the show Thirty Rock and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That or The Office. I'd love to work on that. Yeah. But uh, I also really enjoy the sports side of video production. So I'm leaning more towards doing sports. Um, I'm just gonna stay quiet about this because I'm still junior, okay. so I don't have to decide anything. <laughs> but the great thing about telecasters is that you can really you can get exposed to things that me as a James Madison major may not necessarily get to see every day, like editing and different cameras and how you know television production works. And also, I get to be in front of the camera as an actor, so I get to flex my acting muscles. So I don't know where you'll see me in ten years. And for people or listeners that may not be as familiar with the the different colleges on campus, how would you describe James Madison? Oh uh, well, it's basically the public policy school, so it's pretty unrelated. It's on the different end of the spectrum from the Com Arts Building, really. But they're close to each other, so that's nice. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's about it for me. So look look out for me. I don't know, you'll see me somewhere. Host of the Tonight Show. Um, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I, I really like to work in PR. Um, I, I mean, I love being on camera. I love acting. I've always really been into that. Actually, and I love radio too. Um, I've DJed here before, so I'm just kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place, so I have a real hard time, um, just kind of like narrowing it down. But I see myself going into PR. That's kind of my major, and I do a lot of like communications and PR work for the telecasters. So. Okay. A good job. Oh, it's a great a job. job. Yes. Oh. 
Like, <laughs> I couldn't do it like without the producers and the actors and the advertising director. Oh, <laughs> bonding moment. <laughs> Tearing up now. I just can't see. It. Thank goodness we're not on TV right Corny. now. You see my tears. We have Kleenex in here if you guys need oh, it. No, oh, thank you. Oh, thanks. Here, here, Ryan, take the Kleenex here. I'll do um, it near the microphone. <laughs> so, how can people get involved with Telecasters? Oh, well, we actually have auditions coming up um, next semester. We also will have an open house during it's, it's during the second week of of um, the semester. It's on a Wednesday. Um, all those updates will be definitely on our website at www.telecasters.msu.edu. Um, we just do an audition for each of the shows um, in the evenings at DMAT during that week. And um, you just come in, and like if you want to act, we have you read a script. Um, if you're interested in, in video editing, usually you talk to a producer, and um, it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty easy to get involved. Yeah, and if you want if you're interested in writing, you can bring a script that's pre-written. Okay, and oh. then for people who are thinking about it, what the t- what the time commitment be? As much as you want to put in it, really. Yeah. I mean, at least for MSU, we knew that's what we tell people. It's you do as much as you want to do, so. It's for Sideshow yeah. Week kind of are demanding. But We're it's, pretty demanding. <laughs> your heart has to be in it. That's what we primarily look at is to see if people are committed. Um, I mean, it, like, it's all on what it is. Like, the writer's just really committed Tuesday, but if they want to do more, which most of them do, it's a lot more. If it's an actor, it's really just a Sunday, but then you have to prepare your script and your costume and everything. So it's, I mean, you can skim by just, like, you know, a few days out of the week, but it's usually pretty intense. And then, like, if you're on eboard, I mean, that's, like, a whole other level. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's so hard. I mean, geez, it could be anywhere between, like, 10 and, what, 40 hours a week. I mean, yeah. like, honestly. Mm-hmm. As much so. as you want to put in. Yeah, it is yeah. a lot. But it's worth it. I yeah. Mean, oh, it's yeah. Not, it's not to deter it. Oh, yeah, it's no, it's so much fun. It's no. such a good experience. And people want to put more into it, like Nick was saying. Yeah, it's a voluntary. You may just have to be there for one day of the week, but you might want to show up for, like, maybe another shoot that you're not involved in or go to a writer's meeting or something. So people generally, generally want to do more than they're supposed to. Oh, well, that's great. Well, is there anything <laughs> um, you guys want to talk about before I start wrapping things up? I... Th- think just check out the website yeah and i would just say i mean like it's just really interesting even if it's just from like of someone viewing it it's just fun and i mean you can watch it even if you're not affiliated with msu and still enjoy it it's just you know a good time and if you are interested in you know getting involved in something i would say it's really really good experience uh just to actually because like we run our shows like as professional as possible so i would just say on both sides. It's just great all around. <laughs> yeah, it's a really unique opportunity, I think, especially for at a university level to be able to do something at this kind of stage, to be able to do it all by yourself. So we're proud of that. <laughs> if anyone has questions or interests about it, all of our emails are on the website, all of the producers, executive producers, so um, people can log on there and email us. And what's the questions. website again? www.telecasters.msu.edu. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've done radio before, so yeah. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, Telecasters, for coming in. Thank, thank you, you for you having us. Thank you for having us. It's fun. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? 
Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Prime Time. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back. I'm your host, Emily Fox. I'm here with Haya Gordon, who will talk about the MSC Department of Theater's Freshman Showcase, um, which will be take place at the auditorium on December 1st and 2nd at 7.30 p.m. So, Haya, do you want to talk a little bit about what the show is about and your role in it? Sure, I'd love to. Um, I'm the director for the show. I'm actually a new faculty this semester, and this is my first project directing here at MSU. Um, the show is pretty unique in nature. It's actually the second year that we're doing a project of this kind. It's designed specifically to showcase the talents and efforts of the incoming freshman class. So unlike other productions where everyone has to audition and compete and some people get cast and some people don't, the entire freshman class had the opportunity to be involved in the production. So most of them are. Uh, they came to a meeting the beginning of the semester, and we've been meeting once a week for the entire semester for them to build up this production. Uh, the show itself, we're doing a piece by Thornton Wilder called The Seven Deadly and it's actually five of the plays that we're doing. They're short plays, each of them sort of thematically based upon one of the seven deadly sins. So we'll be doing five of the sins. And the freshman actors were asked to rehearse these pieces on their own with their casts. Each cast has four actors. And to put a lot of time in outside of rehearsal. We also have freshman students who are stage managing the project, lighting design, assistant costume design. They're very heavily involved in making it their own and bringing it to fruition. And this final week, actually, as we speak, they are in tech rehearsal without me. <laughs> and finally, the efforts will come together in December to show it off to the community. Uh, the other concept behind this, aside from giving them an opportunity to perform, is for the community of MSU and beyond to get to see these actors and performers and designers at their early stages of growth when they're new to the MSU community and then have the chance to sort of track them and trace them throughout their time here and see them grow, if you will. Right. So how many people are involved in this production? There are, I hope I get this right, 16 actors, um, one stage manager who is also doing our lighting design, an assistant stage manager who is also acting in the show, and our assistant costume designer is also acting in the show. Those are the freshmen. There's also additional support. I'm faculty. I'm directing the project. I have a sophomore BFA student assistant directing the project, and then we have design work from a number of other students, BFA, MA, I, I don't know everybody's degrees, but a, a number of other upper-class students have come in to make the project happen. So even the people that do lighting are freshmen as well? Um, <laughs> it's a funny story that I'm not going to put on the radio, but initially we were supposed to have our lighting design done by a sophomore, but something fell through. So our stage manager is also doing the lighting design. Okay. He's a rock star. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so talk a little bit about this production. What is it about? And 
your favorite scene from it or anything like that that you want to share? Yeah, sure. Um, it's a tricky play. These plays were actually written in the late 50s by Thornton Wilder, who most people know as the playwright of The Skin by the Skin of Our Teeth is probably his most well-known play. Um, but most of these plays were not actually produced in his lifetime. And they have a darker edge. Uh, they're a little bit less mainstream than some other plays. They each involve one of the sins. The five that we're doing are, let me see if I can do this, Wrath. Well, I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look at my cheat sheet. Gluttony, Wrath, Pride, Avarice, also known as Greed, and Sloth, also known as Sadness. Um, so each of the plays is loosely based on one of the sins, but in pretty indirect ways. And they kind of explore the darker edges of the human psyche. They're each written for four actors, and they were written to be staged in a theater in the round, also known as an arena theater, and the space that we're staging them in is the arena theater and the auditorium. So it's kind of a nice matchup that way. It was one of the reasons I chose this play for this project. Okay. So what are the opportunities for freshmen to perform? Do they get a lot of opportunities to be in the bigger productions? Like, I know they did Cabaret this year, mm-hmm. and they just did Love, Labor's Lost. Are there a lot of freshmen that have roles in those productions? Actually, it's a great question. And this year's incoming freshman class is doing really well with seizing opportunities. There are plenty of opportunities. We have a main stage season, which Cabaret was part of the main stage season. Snapshot, which I'm directing in January, is part of that main stage season. And then we have a second stage season, a freshman showcases second stage. Those are shows that are still, you know, have still have full acting value, but don't have as heavy components of tech and design. It's really more about the acting and the play than all of the design and production elements. So Love's Labor's Lost just closed at the Bassant Theater. That was a main stage play. In terms of freshman opportunities, they're just now getting to audition because, of course, we do our auditions ahead of time for the upcoming season. So auditions are happening right now for one of the second stage productions that will be later this semester. It's two Carol Churchill plays, uh, Far Away and This is a Chair. And this evening, some of the um, auditions are going on, the callbacks are going on for that. And I know a lot of the freshmen were called back. And and then I believe at the end of this semester, we'll have auditions for next year's main stage season. Um, so we have a couple of freshmen that were cast in the main stage season for the spring. So th- there's there's lots of stuff going on for them. Okay. And how long have they been rehearsing for the Freshman Showcase? Freshman Showcase, they've actually been rehearsing all semester, but it's been a very unconventional rehearsal process. We've only met as a group once a week, and they were expected to rehearse on their own outside of our group rehearsals. I think it's safe to say that some people were more attentive to that than others, <laughs> and the proof will be in the pudding when we see their performance and, and, you know, which pieces are stronger than others, because fundamentally this experience is not just about a final performance for them, but about teaching them uh, the value of a strong work ethic and putting in, uh, taking responsibility for their work and making it their own. So a lot of the work was done on their own. We've been meeting all semester, but we didn't really go into a full rehearsal process as a group until this week or the past week. What we would do is we'd get together once a week every Tuesday. The whole group would be called. We'd spend about a half hour or an hour. A faculty member would come in and introduce themselves to the freshman class so they got a chance to know everybody in the department. And then we would spend about a half hour or an hour doing theater games, doing warm-ups, doing what I call ensemble building activities, ensemble being the idea of a, a truly together a group um, and that the group is stronger than 
any individual. So for them to get a chance to really build a community with each other. And then after those activities and introductions, we would break off and look at one or two plays each week. Okay. And how many main stage shows are there a year? And is it mandatory for all theater majors to audition for them? Great question. Uh, there are six main stage shows a year. The BFAs, the Bachelor of Fine Arts students, are required to audition. I don't believe that the I, and I could be wrong about this because I am new faculty here. I don't believe that the BA majors are required to audition, and I, I could be wrong about that. But certainly they do. We always have huge numbers of students out at auditions. You do not have to be a major to audition, though. And we also have stu- we have lots of students who are not majors who do wonderful work and who are heavily involved in the department and in productions. Okay. Um, and what are some other upcoming performances that people can look out for? Well, it just so happens I'm directing two pieces back-to-back, so I'll give my little plug and uh, talk about the other shows that are going on for the rest of this year. Snapshot is coming up at the end of January. It runs, it sort of straddles January and February, and that's a main stage show that I am also directing. It's a unique piece. It was commissioned by the Actors Theatre of Louisville immediately following 9-11. And the premise of the piece is each of the playwrights, there are, I believe, 17 different playwrights, looked at the same photograph. And it's a photograph by a photographer named Lee Friedlander. And the photograph is of Mount Rushmore. Um, They took a look all at the same photograph. And without having any other communication amongst themselves, each of them wrote a very short play or monologue inspired by that photograph. So what we have is a collection of short plays. All of them are either one or two people that don't necessarily connect with each other except through this photograph that they're responding to. Uh, What actually has happened is that they do connect in a lot of ways. The photograph itself is of, instead of being a photograph of Mount Rushmore straight on, it's actually a photograph of the tourists photographing Mount Rushmore. And you can see the glass of the visitor center behind the tourists, and in the reflection of the glass, you see the monument. So it begs the question of perspective and point of view and national icons and and all of those sort of themes. So these playwrights, in their own way, all touch on those themes. I think it's also important to note that the play or plays were written kind of immediately post 9-11. So there is a real sense within the plays uh, of trying to speak to questions of of identity, both on a personal and on a national level. So there's a little bit of a, a, a political edge to the play as a whole, although certainly not consistently. There's lots of humor in it. There's lots of fun stuff in it. But there's kind of an underlying thread of let's take a look at who we are as people and as a country and as a culture. So it's an interesting play. It's an interesting play. I have cast it, and we have started doing some of our sound recording and voiceover work, and I start rehearsals for that next week. So, (laughs) Before I ask the next question, I just want to let listeners know who may be just tuning in that I'm talking to Kaya Gordon, who is the director of um, the MSU Showcase, which will be um, December 1st and 2nd at 7.30 p.m., and she's from the Department of Theater. So my my next question is, I know you've only been here for a year, um, but what do a lot of MSU grads end up doing after graduation? Or if you can't answer that question, what are a lot of 
um, the freshmen's aspirations for what they want to do after graduation? Is it film? Is it is it on the stage? Is it Broadway? What is it? It's a great question. And again, you're you know I, I am just getting to know the culture of the department here. This is actually my first semester, so it hasn't even been a year. Um, but it's a great question, and I think it's so, it's something that's constantly evolving and changing. It's it's based on a couple of things. It's based on what are the students' interests and what are the things that we sort of offer as strengths in the department, and I think it's also partially based on where we are regionally. Um, our program is a theater program. It's not a film program per se, although we do have a few courses in acting for the camera, but that's not what that's not what the degree is in. The degree is in theater. It doesn't mean that there are not students that pursue film. I know that we have a number of students that have gone out to L.A. and, and hit the whole film circuit. Within theater, um, the two big cities that people usually choose are Chicago or New York. We're closer to Chicago, so it seems to me that more students out here choose to go to Chicago, but I think New York is also on a number of people's lists, and that's where I came from, was from being an actor in New York. So I made able to, to help guide people in that direction. I know more about that market than I do about Chicago, but it's a great question. And not everyone necessarily goes on to pursue acting. There's lots of different areas of theater. And of course, I'm speaking about the actors, but we have a fantastic design program as well and lots of really strong designers. So people might go out and try to work professionally right away. They might go on to graduate school right away and, and do an MA or an MFA degree. There, there's a lot of different paths to take. And what was your experience like working in New York? Oh, New York. I miss New York. There's things I don't miss about New York, but I do miss New York. I was in New York for nine years, and I was very much in and out of New York. I, I was based there. It was my home. Uh, it was where I sublet my apartment while I went away and did jobs elsewhere. It's a wonderful city. It's vibrant. There are a million things going on at all times. It is a very hard place to live, and it's a hard place to live as an artist, no doubt about that. Um, but it's also a really stimulating place to live as an artist. I uh, My primary area is Shakespeare, and the first few years I was sort of feeling my way out, but what ended up happening for me is I started to work for a lot of Shakespeare festivals. So I would be in New York for a little while, and then I would go away and you know, I think I spent four or five months with Kentucky Shakespeare Festival um, in Louisville, where I actually met my now husband. <laughs> um, and I spent almost a year in Virginia and on tour with a company called Shenandoah Shakespeare. I spent summers up in New England. So there was, there was a whole lot of moving around and traveling around, which is exciting and difficult. You know, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. And then it was always, you know wonderful to come home to New York. So it's it's a great place. <laughs> I miss it. The restaurants are great. <laughs> um, now, what? Um, how would you rate um, MSU's Department of Theater with other departments of theater, like, in Michigan? Um, I am not the best person to speak to that because I am so new to Michigan. I think that what what I can say about that is that different departments offer different strengths, um, and I, I, I don't want to say too much and put my foot in my mouth and be wrong about what how, how different departments identify themselves. But my impression is that there, you know each depart each university sort of has their their area. Um, what we uh, we offer a variety of things. We do 
have somewhat of a musical theater program, but that's certainly not our our main thing. But that exists for students who are interested in that. I think what we're our identity as a department has been shifting a lot lately. There's been an influx of new faculty this year. I am not alone. There's been quite a few of us coming in, and so there's a lot of new ideas uh, and a lot of new conversations happening about what is the identity of our department and what direction do we want to send our students in. And I think really the focus is on quality and intelligence and creating artists who are full, whole human beings and can take responsibility for themselves out in the world and, 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 and leave here not just with, you know, X, Y, and Z sets of skills, but as full human beings and artists. All right. Well, before I wrap things up, um, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I think that's all. Thank you very much. All right. Well, again, for listeners who are just tuning in, I was talking with Kaya Gordon, who is the director for um, the, the, MS- the MSU Department of Theater's Freshman Showcase, which will take place at the auditorium December 1st and 2nd at 7.30 p.m. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Thanks so much. <laughs> Good luck. The Impact. Smoking Helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want MySmokeFreeApartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that smoking? Uh, Yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. MySmokeFreeApartment.org. When you get up in the morning and turn on the radio, you don't want to hear those other guys talking on your way to work, do you? You don't want to hear talking. You want to hear music. So here at The Impact, we are making you a promise. We're calling it the More Music Mornings 89 Second Play. We, The Impact, pledge that every weekday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., we will shut up and play music. We pledge that we won't talk for more than 89 seconds at a time, meaning more music all morning long. We pledge that every caller who requests a song between 8 and 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, will be entered to win a great Impact prize. And we pledge that in return for your listening to us, we will listen to you and play more music that you want to hear. So tune into The Impact for more music mornings. Let us know what to play, and maybe you can win some cool stuff. Only here on 88.9 The Impact. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. I'm your host, Emily Fox, and right now I'm on the phone with Chuck Block of the Michigan Running Foundation, who will talk about the 8th Annual Turkey Man Trot, which will take place Thanksgiving Day. Chuck, can you tell me a little bit about this event? Uh, yeah, it takes place on uh, Thanksgiving Day at uh, 9 o'clock a.m. Uh, Lansing Community College. It's a 5K run, 3.1 miles. Um, it uh, starts and finishes right in front of LCC, and the first half of it is downtown Lansing, and you go right by the Capitol. And the last half of it is on the River Trail, and then you end up back at LCC. And um, this is the eighth annual, like you say, and it just keeps on getting bigger and bigger every year. Um, this year we have 1,000 people pre-registered, and uh, we're expecting about 1,300 uh, runners altogether. And it's pretty, it's, it's pretty wide open as far as you'll get your real competitive runners. you get your runners out there, you know, uh, running you know, 15 minutes for a 5K, and then you'll get walkers and 
uh, people pushing baby strollers and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's a really just fun event on Thanksgiving morning and uh, starting to be kind of a tradition here in uh, downtown Lansing for a lot of the you know people to come out, families to come out and uh, burn off some calories before uh, Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and so you have you been doing this for the full eight years that it's been going on for? Um, yes, yeah. I've, I've been the one that thought of it and it was kind of my idea. And um, so, yeah, I've been the race director, race director of it for uh, all eight years. And now Thanksgiving, it can maybe snow, sometimes it can be raining. What has the weather been like in the past? Yeah, you know, we have really had a mix, I'll tell you. Um, um, Last year it was kind of iffy, you know, it was cold and a little icy. Um, And then two years ago, I think was our best year, it was just like 70 degrees. It was awesome. And then three years ago was probably our worst year. I think it was a blizzard Thanksgiving morning. So we can get anything from 70 degrees and nice to a blizzard. But uh, either way, we always have it, and, you know, runners are tough. You know, they come out, and uh, a lot of them don't seem to mind. And um, so, yeah, the weather can, can really, uh, you know, Thanksgiving in, in Michigan can, uh, can kind of go either way on us. But uh, it, it looks like this, uh, this Thursday it's going to be pretty nice. And what time does the run start? It starts at 9 o'clock a.m. And you were talking about people that will run really fast or people will be carrying baby strollers. What, are you, what is usually, like, the age range of people who participate? We have ages from 8 years old to 80 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what's so great about running, you know, is, like, everybody does it. We all do it together, male, female, young and old. And uh, so, yeah, we have a wide range of ages and, um, you know, just um, a lot of different, uh, different, different people do it. And you said about 1,000 people are pre-registered already. Can people still sign up? Yeah, yep, they can still sign up, yep. Um, and then is this a race for a charity? Yes. Well, the Michigan Running Foundation, um, what, what we do is we support um, youth track clubs in Michigan. So um, some of the youth track clubs, mainly in the Detroit area, that's where I'm originally from, and in the Lansing area, uh, youth track clubs that have a lot of uh, you know, inner-city kids that uh, go to like track championships and cross-country championships, and they, they do really good, and they make their way all the way to go to these championships, but then they can't afford to go. Oh. So what we'll do is we'll sponsor them, you know, and we'll buy, you know, their airfare or we'll buy, you know, um, their gas for their van that their team's taken down, or we'll pay for the hotel room or we'll pay for their entry fee. Um, some of the track clubs in Detroit, we buy equipment for them and uniforms for them. So um, I started it about 10 years ago, and I'm an avid runner, and I did a lot of races and I thought, you know, it's great that all these races uh, have a cause, you know, cancer, um, you know, for the blind. And all of those are good causes, but why can't we have a race where it actually supports running, the actual event we're doing, you know? So I thought, well, you know, I'm going to have uh, my own races, and the money's going to go back into the support of running. And, uh, you know, running has been a lot to my life, so I like to support it. So it all goes back into the support, into the sport of running. And I checked out the Michigan Running Foundation's website, and I think you guys have about 10 runs um, a year. Yeah. Um, which ones are your most popular, and do they all go towards um, kind of like the sponsoring other runners? Um, yeah. Um, the, um, all the ones you see on the website, um, I guess, you know, like my foundation has kind of grown, and now people will want me to time their races for them and put them on, their, their, um, their, on my website. So in that instance, uh, like you'll see on there, like uh, the Langsburg run, um, some of the proceeds will go to my foundation, and then some of the proceeds will go to their cause, you know. 
but most of the runs you see there um, go to the Michigan Running Foundation, um, and um, the most popular one by far is the Turkey Trot. Okay. Um, and then probably the Super Bowl run and Run Like the Wind are my second most popular. But um, but yeah, uh, this this one coming up Thursday is definitely my biggest run. Okay. And how did you get involved with um, the Running Foundation? Well, like I say, I was a really avid runner. Um, I did a lot of road races, just loved to do road races. And um, uh, one day I thought, well, you know, I want to put on my own road race, you know. Um, and I want the, you know, the proceeds to go to running. I don't want it to go to other causes. I want it to go right back into the support, into the uh, sport that I love. So uh, I think the first race I put on was uh, Run Like the Wind down on Heinz Drive uh, in the Detroit area. And uh, then I just started growing and putting on another race and another race and another race and, you know, started building up this foundation and uh, I've been doing it about 10 years now. So this is a race then. People are timed and there's, oh, yeah. are there winners and losers? Oh, and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's age groups. Um, you have an overall winner um, and then you have a uh, male and female and then you have an overall master winner and what that means is 40 and over. So who's ever, like, the first 40 and over person, they win what we call the master category. But then after that, there's age groups starting with 12 and under and then 13 to 14 and then 15 to 20, all the way up to 80 and over. And the top three places in all of those age groups uh, get a medal. So, yeah, the race is timed, and uh, it's, a, it's an accurate 5K. I I'm, I'm always make sure that any, any race that I put on is accurate because runners really like that, you know, and, they do a race. They want to make sure it's accurate. And uh, then if they run their best race ever, they can say, hey, I ran a you know, personal record today. Um, so it's an accurate 5K, and um, it's timed. And, uh, yep, there are age group awards and all that kind of good stuff. And you were talking about there's so many walks and runs that go on through the year for different events and causes, if it's breast cancer, AIDS. Yep. Um, and so are they, all the runs that you put on every year, are they always are they annual? Um, yeah, all the ones I put on are annual, yeah. Okay, and how do you think um, the Michigan Running Foundation and all the runs that you put on has impacted Lansing? Um, well, I, th- I think definitely uh, very positive, and you always have to look at it in a number of ways, you know, like, okay, you're doing it to raise money, you know, for a cause, and so it's definitely helping that cause out, you know, and uh, I know in Lansing, um, uh, Great Lakes Track and Field is a, is a track club here in Lansing that I support a lot, and I just see all the good works that you know Coach Hollingsworth is doing, and you know how much it helps those kids out. So yeah, sure, it helps out those kids, but people are going to wake up Thanksgiving morning and run, you know, and instead of sitting on their couches, instead of watching TV. So you're getting people out there, and you're getting them active, and it's uh, and a lot of these people, this has been their goal for three months now, the run and the turkey trot. So they've been training for it. So I think it impacts the area as far as health-wise, too, you know, like just getting people out there running and, uh, you know, getting healthy. So it helps in a lot of different ways. And what are some runs that people can look out for in the future? Well, um, I put on a Super Bowl 5K on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, but um, like you mentioned, the uh, run, uh, Race for the Cure, that's a huge race in downtown Lansing, and there's one in downtown Detroit. And, you know, the Capital City River Run is a great run that we put on in Lansing every year. And what, I don't put on, but, I mean, other people do, you know. When do those happen? What month usually? Um, that happens in September. Okay. Uh, I believe Race for the Cure is April. Um, so really all throughout the year there's a lot of races. Uh Another really big run in the Lansing area is the Dinosaur Dash. 
Okay. Have you ever heard of that? I Yeah, briefly, but I've, I've never participated. Yeah, because that's right on MSU's campus. Yeah. And the proceeds for that goes to the museum there. Okay. You know, so, um, and I think there's an, um, actually, I, I time a race called the Tower Guard 5K right on the Lansing campus. So, um, um, you know, the cause goes to the Tower Guard, but, um, you know, they pay me a fee to time it for them, you know. So, so yeah, there's a lot of races um, all around um you know, the Lansing area in Michigan. And are most people that you see at your races, are they are they mostly runners and are physically fit, or are there other people that are just there to walk and be a part of it? Well, it kind of depends on the race. Um, some races um, are more hardcore, I guess, um, like the Capital City River Run. You know, I think you're going to see more competitive runners there. Um, you'll, I mean, don't get me wrong, you'll see some walkers and stuff like that. Um or like, I don't know, there's a really big race at Flint every year called the Crim, you know, the Crim 10 Mile, you know, and everybody is really competitive and everything. But this race on Thanksgiving is a big mix. I mean, you're going to have some people, um, some guys and some ladies that are just out there to set PRs, and, you know, you'll have guys running 15 minutes, you know, that's five-minute per mile pace. You'll have um, women running 18 minutes, which is, you know, six-minute per mile pace. And then... You're going to have people walking, holding hands, and, you know, just just taking in, you know, downtown Lansing on a Thanksgiving morning, you know. So you're really going to have a mix. But most of them are out there walking fast. If they're not running, they're walking fast. And it is still a fitness event, you know, for 95% of them. It's still something they're doing to get fit and stay fit. Okay. Well, um, Chuck, can you tell me where people can go for more information or if they can still register for the Turkey Man Trot um, on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, they can still register on Thanksgiving Day at Lansing Community College um, starting at 730 in the morning. So, yep, there still is um, registration. And there's also registration available tomorrow from um, 4 o'clock to 8 o'clock at the Playmaker store. Okay, and can people go online and register as well? Well, they could have. Uh, I got about 500 people that registered online, but that's closed. Okay. You have to have kind of a closing date for that. So, yeah, for a lot of races, really that's becoming the big thing in the future here is just register online, you know. Um, but you can still register at Playmakers tomorrow, and you can still register race day. All right, well, thanks, Chuck, very much for calling in. Again, for people who are just tuning in, I was talking with Chuck Block from the Michigan Running Foundation, and he talked about the 8th Annual Turkey Man Trot, which will be held on Thanksgiving Day. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.